0: Hi, I'm Alexandra Roxo, your host of the Holy Fuck Podcast. I've created this podcast because I want to explore how the mystical touches us in our everyday lives, how the sacred and profane move together like two sides of the same coin. I found that in modern spirituality, we often separate the sacred and the profane. We look at certain things as being holy and good and others as being bad. And I've actually found that the most magical part of life is finding the divinity, the healing and the transformation in all of it. In this podcast, you can expect to hear stories from people on all sorts of walks of life. You'll hear from a doctor, a sex worker, a poet, a motivational speaker, an activist, a mother, a birth doula. And all sorts of other people who are walking on an embodied path of healing and transformation as a soul awakening this lifetime. Each one of our guests will be sharing their mystical and numinous and spiritual awakenings, how the sacred has touched their lives and the profane too how they have explored life through sex, drugs, birthing, meditation, prayer, experiencing death and life, and all sorts of different elements that God, Goddess Divine speaks to us through. If you've found that you're also a rebel mystic who doesn't just fit into the simple ideas of good and bad, of spirituality, but sees the nuance that life has to offer us, then I hope you find a home with me here in this podcast. Enjoy. Hi, everybody.
1: So today's episode is with Hayes Hawk, and I'm so, oh, God. I mean, being in Hayes's presence, even via the internet and Zoom, was just, like, heart-melting. And I've really been trying to pin Hayes down for an interview for over a year now to do a live or something because I've just felt this magic and power. And it's just like when I come across a soul like this, I'm like, I want to talk to you. I want to hear like, what's up and what's happening in there. So... The story she shared was so beautiful. All of the information she shared, we have so much in common, and I could have gone on and talked to her for hours and hours. So um, I hope you enjoy this deep, profound transmission from a mother of three, birth doula, spiritual, business doula, coach, dancer, artist, all around super magical being, Hayes Hawk. Hi everybody and welcome. I'm so excited to have Hayes Hawk with us today. I've literally been trying to have a conversation with this fabulous woman for over a year and our paths crossed like maybe like almost five years ago where we were um, in a sort of distance collaboration through a friend of ours and I was kind of um, involved in some creative ideation with Hayes and our friend Taryn and uh, but we never got to sit in front of each other and to talk so I'm really excited for today's Conversation because I feel like Hayes has many, many stories to tell, and we'll just get a peek into some of them today. So, welcome, Hayes Hawk. So good to have you here.
2: Hi, love. So good to be here. Thank you. Can you believe it? Here we are. We're finally doing it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I'd love to start by just hearing a little bit about who you are and what you do this life and in the world, which I know is robust and exciting, and I'm excited <laughs> to hear hear what you're where you're out with it too. Who knows where where what's happening on this day? Well, who knows
2: <laughs> exactly? Who knows where I'm going? Um, I'm just trying to keep up with myself. Uh, I'm a heart led spiritual facilitator, mentor, master doula, and I believe and live for ceremony and ritual. Um, and I am immersed in birth. Birth and death is kind of my, the theme of my life. That's what I, what I do. That's what I'm oh. up to.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, Amazing. There's so much there. I'm just like birth and death. Like, mm-hmm. She must have some Scorpio in her chart. I do. <laughs> you do? <laughs> Where do. is it in your chart?
2: In my son, And I have a, oh. a few planets, actually.
1: Okay, so you so you're a son in Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Okay, you made so a it makes ah oh, delicious, yummy, right? Yeah. Thank yeah. So you spend most of your days now working as a facilitator, healer, mentor, and also as a master doula.
2: That's correct, and I'm also a student midwife, and I'm almost finished. Okay, blessed be.
1: <laughs> yes, and are you one more thing? That I feel like it's prominent, but I may be making that up.
2: My one more thing. Um, I'm a
1: mother, I'm a preface.
2: Yeah. I'm a...
1: you're many yeah. other things, but I was thinking of the mother when I was like,
2: I've I got think she's also yeah, a mother. I've got three beautiful children.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, one You know, in in the love affair of Instagram and getting to know people in this weird sort of, you know, um, virtual reality box is kind of where I like to think of it these days. But in that virtual reality um, black box, I (laughs) have loved reading and experiencing um, Hayes' stories about her children and just like these little anecdotes of her teenagers, like sending them off into the world and their passion and their. You know, there.'s sto- The stories that you share so generously here and there, they kind of like pop in and I'm just like, oh, wow, that is such a, um, So in- it seems so intense and so real and so strong in a way, your, your identity as, as a mama.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was really important to me. You know, I, I have three children. They're all very different. So I don't mother them all the same way. My core beliefs are the same and the way I be with it is the same, but how it lands on them could be different because they're unique, uniquely themselves. And so I've always just kind of spoken to them directly to their heart space so that they can hear what they need to hear. And it's not like it's a blanket statement. So they're all really magical creatures i love these kids i like them a lot too because they're like um they're very interesting they have their own thoughts their own point of view their own minds and um it's pretty exciting you know oh. to, to see what they're up to they're up to big things
1: oh that's amazing It's <laughs> amazing so how did you before we get into to- Sharing your story for today, how did you get into the work that you're doing now? It seems like perhaps if I'm you know, putting two and two together, that there could be a link between being a mama and also bringing birth and, and life into this world. I'm so curious.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was in a whole other career, like on another path. Um, my friends to this day, who have known me since college or, or high school, they're like, what are you, you're doing what? <laughs> you know, I was a dancer. I still in my heart am a dancer. Um, but I did that from the age of three, starting in Spain till like 30 something, professionally off and on. You know, I started with the ballet company, the Flamenco group. And and then I started doing African-Brazilian and African-Caribbean. Uh, Caribbean, and then I went and, started touring with musical theater and- Oh my gosh. um, I know, all these things. And then I got pregnant with my son, Jahi, and it was the labor, like, it changed everything. I had this woman there who was friends with um, my midwife and she said, she just offered herself to me, like, I'm here. I can totally assist and help. And I said, okay, sure. You know, why not? And like an hour or two in, I was like, what is this that you're doing? Because you're saving me. You're like, what is this? You know? And she said, I'm a doula. And I was like, okay, great. What is that? And I had my journal with me and I was writing it down and I was asking her questions and she kind of was like, sweetheart, let's talk about this after you have your baby. Cause I'm in between surges Oh my and I'm gosh. like taking notes because there was something so powerful about her service. Like she was, mm. she was of service, but it was from a place of strength. Like she was a pillar. Mm. And so I wrote down everything that she did, all the things she studied and got certified in. And when I weaned my son, when he was three years old, I started, studying and getting certified and doing all the things all of them and here I am and it feels like I was always here and I always wondered why would I be a theater baby a dance baby what do what do those things have to do with this because you know everything we are and do in our lives in our you know our, our experience you know and they we utilize them, or we should, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand the body in a way that I might not have if I hadn't been a dancer. I understand endurance. I understand working through discomfort, you know, all of these things. And in the theater department, I one of the things that I really connected with in theater was... That in the moment, heart to heart connection with the audience, like so, when I was on stage, I was consciously, consciously, um, you know, sending love and sending energy, and really trying to have it be a transformational experience for the audience, and as well for myself. And I'm I'm doing all of that. I'm using all of it now. And it's pretty incredible. I'm very blessed, very grateful. And um, I never thought I would be a doula. I never thought I'd be a mom. But I do wow. love it. I do love it. And <laughs> and I love being a doula. And I, I love being a a student midwife. And when I get to you know, help catch these babies, help these moms, you know, deliver their own children, these dads deliver their own children. It's just like, it's pretty powerful, you know? It's pretty powerful.
1: Yeah. I love it. Wow. 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 <laughs> I had no idea that you came from a theater and a dance background. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I come from a theater background also. You and, and Yeah, and film and TV and dance too. I mean, I, I stopped dancing much younger, I stopped dancing in uh, like, you know, when I was 18 and then I went to NYU for theater and Mm -hmm. writing and playwriting and storytelling and all. I was really, you know, I'm still on the path as of a storyteller and an Mm -hmm. artist, but I sort of have translated it into the healing spaces, but I love hearing that uh, about you and how like just the seasons of life that we're allowed to have, I think, you know, we're taught that we're supposed to figure out, what we who we are what we do and just do it and every one that i know has had multiple seasons of their career and their gifts and like there's nothing wrong with that it's it's incredible and one thing does like you said build on another or we translate it or we use part of it or mm-hmm. You know, it's not. It doesn't have to be so black or white. Like you said, when you're on that stage, you're still transmitting love, and it's like now you're just doing it in another form. So, yeah, you know, I love hearing that. And, um, you know, one of the things that's always drawn me to you is the love in your presence, the yeah. amount of heart that comes through your presence. And we live in a very, I mean polarized, intense, aggressive, like, I don't know why we, there's many words we could describe today's world, fear, fearful, um, world. And especially like online, there's so much fear and so much, um, you know, blaming and shaming and all these things. But I watched you over this past like few years, but especially this last year, stay in your heart. And I was Mm -hmm. like, wow, this is a woman who's really living the practice of love. And I didn't ever see you sort of go, I mean, and it would have been fine if you did go into anger, blame, shame, you know, fear, like we're human, but there was such um, an integrity to your heart. And that was really inspiring to experience and to witness. And so I'm curious, like, uh, how does that, Like, how do you maintain that coming from love in today's time? And then I want to get into your story, but how do you maintain that? Because, you know, this is a crazy time in political and social and physical climate we're in right now. But this love that you're like standing in feels really strong.
2: Yeah. You know, I believe in love. I believe in the power of it. I believe in the power of love. Like that's the I've seen it work miracles I've seen it uh, conquer you know incredible conflict it's just I don't know there's a, a way I understand it and I get it and I have always said that love is my banner and my shield and I drop into it fiercely and I understand that love as my Shield is very fierce and very powerful. I mean, she's not she's not to be played with. Like, Uh -uh. and I love hard. I love Mm -hmm. hard, and I love for keeps. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that one of the things that I was gifted with, and I don't I don't know how, but it was a connection. This is probably my story: (laughs) the connection with nature and a connection with. Myself that happens in nature, like literally discovering that we're all connected and who I am over here is absolutely a reflection of who you are over there and if I'm loving you fiercely, completely, and wholly, then what it does is it lifts you up, and that makes me feel really good and I don't know. It's my power. I'm able to bring love into any kind of conflict or tight situation. Anytime um, there's fear, I'm able to, I think that's my superpower. I make people feel safe. I make them feel comfortable um, because I'm just loving them through whatever is happening. You know? And I exercise the muscle. It is a verb and a noun and adjective, all the things, <laughs> you know, and I, really take it at face value. And I I believe it's because I have a broad understanding of the different aspects of love. Like our English language is so limited in the definition of love. And if you've traveled around as you have, um, you kind of get the understanding, the breadth and the depth of the word love and the meaning and the actions. And I know that God works through love. I know that that's the whole, that's it. It's the most important thing. It's the ending, it's the beginning, it's all of it. And so if I move through love, then I become more powerful, more centered, more useful, you know, more of service. And that's that's literally, that's all I'm doing. It seems like it would be a, a real complicated thing, but it's a conscious choice. I'm constantly choosing love. Like I wake up in the morning and I say, I love myself. I love my life. I'm blessed with this life and I'm blessed with work. I love it. You know, and I just keep, I just start moving through that. And so everything I do, everything I say comes through the filter of love because I understand the intelligence of the heart. I understand that it's a intelligence that's running my body. So I don't really think things through. I feel things through. I'll think of something. I drop it down into my heart space and I have it lived there and I feel it out and I do whatever I need to do. Then I drop it into my womb space because I understand my womb wisdom. And that's where my intuition is, my gut instinct, all that. Uh. So <laughs> I, I drop it in and then I bring it back to the heart. Then I bring it back to my mind. So I speak it from heart and mind and soul. And then I move through. Yeah. That's pretty much my formula. And it, it really, really works for me. Yeah. yeah. When things get really tight, I understand that that's not the time to stop loving. That So this year, this past year, with all the things and as, as upset as I was, I was upset about the whole thing, but I'm not powerful in upset. I'm more powerful in love. And I'm mm-hmm. very clear about that. So what I could do during this whole realignment that was happening was to amp up the love, to like really push it and make it stronger because where there is love, nothing else can live there with it. You just, it just is impossible, right? So that's what I did. Just remind people and myself, you know, because a lot of times that I'm doing these videos, I'm talking to myself, I'm talking to my clients, I'm talking to my children, you know, and it was just to remind everyone that love is powerful. And when you have a love of yourself and your community, your tribe, your people, then you're going to do and move and say things that can help lift humanity up, lift your community yeah. up, lift your people up.
1: hmm uh-huh. Yeah. So, so much there. So much goodness there. I feel like people go back and re-listen to that. <laughs> there was a lot of goodness there. Um, wow. So much. And I, I would love to just hear in terms of an experience for people to know a little bit more about you and your background and a moment where you really felt that crack open to love, God, life, existence, the unknown, whatever each of us wants to call it. I feel like you have many, many, it feels like your soul is like, lives in that realm where some people, you know, kind of experience that realm and then go back to like normal life. I kind of feel like from here, I'm like, oh, that's where he's, like is living in the land of love it may take Mm -hmm. practice and you may have to orient yourself to it. But will you, um, will you be so kind to to share with us like a a goodie or a nugget?
2: Oh, wow. Let's see. Um, Yeah, I can share some. It's, it's interesting to hear you say that because I wasn't always in a place of love. I went through a really dark period. I'm a Scorpio, right? Yeah. I went through yeah. a really dark time in college, so much so that people who know me now are just like, whoa, who's that chick? You know, who are you? Like the sister. But I had glimpses. But I gravitated towards the dark for some reason, like for, towards the the fear and the anger. And I realized that I had, kind of just stepped into it like it was presented to me like an heirloom like this is what you're supposed to be fearful black woman angry black woman this is you're supposed to be a grifter you're supposed to do all these things you know and it's like i stepped into it put it on zipped it up and i was just in it and it never felt right it never felt really good i think i started connecting with myself and connecting with god and and had the idea that love is actually a formula it's actually something that you can embrace and use and wear and hold and honor being in nature like doing all this work and working with plants and and kind of understanding the soil like in my family we're either in education or farmers like in alabama that's where we were kind of um and I saw my grandmother bring so much love from the food that she grew in her garden and put on the table. And I was like, this is one aspect, oh, okay, so I can learn this. And then I realized that I could find other ways where my love can come through, where the things I'm gifted through, God's you know, grace, I could bring love to that. And I started doing it with dance, which is probably what took me out of ballet and took me into these other ways of expression through dance. So I could actually send love out, work with mudras, work with full body, work with drums, get to the root of of everything. Um, So when I took my toe shoes off, that was, I thought I, I was ending everything and I was very fearful. So that fear came back in, but I decided to go to this village in, this is where I lived in New York. <clears throat> and in New York, uh, I was studying at Alvin Ailey and studying at um, Strasburg and dancing at Martha Graham. So it was a mu- magical time, but I decided to go to this little village in Vermont and sit and study with Diani Wahoo on the land. And it reminded me of the land in Alabama. I instantly was connected. I felt grounded. I was like, why do I feel so much better when I'm in nature? And she took me through this whole thing. We did lots of sweat lodges, you know, just praying in an will just kind of open you up. And when I saw that I was connected to the earth, to the leaves, I was made of the same thing that was in the heavens, the stars, the planet, the moon. And when I was like, well, What does that mean? And if I'm made of the same stuff, then that I am this co-creation and that means that I am love and I'm based in love because that is what God is. And then I saw how I connected to everything around. I could see the energy coming from me, going to the trees and the plant. I could see it was like this amazing grid that I saw again when I did ceremony that I saw again and again. And when I realized that that was the truth of life and of the world. And what I was seeing with my eyes was the illusion. Then I said, oh, well, I'm going to just shift that. I'm going to drop it and have my life be the meditation. And then these moments of illusion are when I come out of it. So I'm living Mm -hmm. in the meditation Mm -hmm. of love. I don't ever have to stop to meditate because my life is meditation. And I'm constantly chanting. Like In my head, there's stuff always going on. That's going to bring me closer to love and closer to source so that I, I literally feel like I'm walking in meditation, walking in ceremony every day, all day long. And I think that is why people connect with me. They can feel the love actually being worked, you know, so it gets stronger and stronger and stronger.
1: Yeah. But
2: it was really me just being on the land and looking at the trees and the leaves and matching my breath to the wind as it was moving through the leaves and the leaves were moving. And, and I would just align my breath with that and just kind of be with it, laying on the earth, getting my rhythm with the earth's rhythm, that heartbeat that's in the core of the earth when you lie down on it. It takes a little bit of time, but then you can feel it. And you can just match your, your rhythm, your heartbeat to it. It's incredible. It is it is truly peace on earth. And so I can walk through fire, I can walk through fear, I can walk through racism, classism, I can walk through all those Ism brothers, I can walk through all the the muck and the junk and i can have the courage to excavate my stuff like where i'm showing up small where i'm being you know petty you know i can i can have the courage to dig it up and out like just excavate it you know um and that also makes me love myself more than i have the courage to do it and then when i love myself more i can love everybody else more (laughs)
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah Oh my gosh, so much beauty there! And um, thank you, first and foremost, for sharing that. And I, I'm just—I want to ask a few questions. And, and the first one is: So when you went to this village in yeah. from Vermont, what what kind of teacher was that that you were studying with?
2: Uh, Diani Wahoo is a chief of her tribe. She and she inherited; it. it's like a family thing. But she's also Tibetan and she studied that. So, you know, some of the most joyous loving people I've ever met on the planet are people from Tibet. For all that they've gone through, kind of like the African American people, we hold joy in a way that makes no sense. You know, like we can we can drop into joy and laughter if we can remove everything else that's been done to us in the victimhood and the, you know, cause it's, it's ridiculous what happened. It's re it's not, it's so ridiculous that it's incredibly cruel and evil. It's just, you know, but we, we gotta find the essence of why we were able to survive. at all. And I believe that is because we had joy because we had immense love for our people. Tibetans are just the same. And she started to show me that. And so then once I left there and I started traveling and I went to India and I went to to Dharamsala, i traveled all over India and was at the Dalai Lama's monastery and got another layer of understanding about joy and about how joy is constant. Happiness is fleeting and joy and love are the backs of each other, you know, they support each other. And then I, I I went to Cuba and some of the poorest people carry some of the biggest joy and creativity and passion. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. And I found my purpose through my journey in love. I don't know how I
0: say <laughs> Hello, quick interlude here. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. If you are, I'd love for you to check out my book, Fuck Like a Goddess,
1: my guide to healing yourself, reclaiming your voice and standing in your power. Publishers Weekly called it a sharp, forceful debut. It was one of Bustle's best summer reads and a bestseller in three categories on Amazon. These are my methods that I'm teaching to inspire you,
0: challenge you, bring up your resistance so you can face it and get free and unleash your gifts. A how to Let Life Make Love to You, Enjoy Every Bit, and Find the Magic in All of It guide. You can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, and Sounds True, or by visiting alexandraroxo.com slash book. Thank you so much. It means the world to me to have your support for my work. Back to the podcast.
1: It's so true that, I mean, well, that the Tibetans went through such intense insane um suffering Mm -hmm. and that that lineage has carried on and that i've also met people from that place and they just keep on with the the dharma and Mm -hmm. the the spiritual heart Mm -hmm. and um i hadn't thought of it so much like that and that's beautiful that you brought that in of just like yeah another population Mm -hmm. that they that was like attempted like They attempted to eradicate. Eradicate. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, You know, but they lived on and their traditions are so strong. And I love what you just shared about like the passion, the creativity, the joy and the song and the dance, which I'm kind of adding that are born from places where you would consider impoverished or um, that have been highly oppressed. Um, Again, using that languaging, you could use many different words for that, but, but that, the level of life force that is born from those cultures or or populations that have been like it's almost like you know that that kind of timeless. Not to romanticize it, but like with the amount of pressure and like the attempt of of stuffing down or pushing down, that the rise up has been like a volcano. Just like ah, no, yeah. like you can't keep us in. And did no. you rights. imagine?
2: Could you imagine the world as we know it now through and the, all the aspects of creativity that have arisen to have our life be this way if black and brown people were not here?
1: Like- boring. <laughs> Very boring.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, speak to that creativity. It's like it, w- it could not be suppressed. No. mm
1: yeah, and it's it's a miracle and and it's that's so multifaceted and there's such grief and there's such pain and there's still such such intense injustice that it's mm-hmm, kind of like mm-hmm. it's mind blowing and, and overwhelming and that piece that you mentioned about this overwhelming joy, you know, that um when you travel that you see in India too, right? Yes, you like, do. And, these kids that have nothing mm-hmm. but are laughing and smiling. And mm-hmm. of course we don't know the, you know, the rest of their lives. I can't superimpose my, my, my ideas onto it, but there's a spirit of the culture. That's very alive.
2: It's very, very like, much alive.
1: Like yeah. and people inviting you into their home and feeding you and they yes. have say, like it's nothing, crazy. you're sitting on their bed, you know, and it's one room and they're giving you their food, you everything,
2: know, everything. I went to Africa got a whole another understanding of joy and love by the way because wow um when i saw the celebrations there i was mind blown but they they literally just took us in and just have us and and make these feasts i'm like where are you getting this from i know where how are you guys doing this but each village would really celebrate us being there and I was there for so long that I was able to attend some weddings, some funerals and I have to tell you an African funeral is, is first of all it's a, it's like a week. And there's one day of mourning but the rest is celebration and when they have the when the coffin is brought in the coffin is danced in they are joyous and dancing this person out the same way that that person came in with joy and celebration. Same thing on the way out. So the drums are drumming, everybody's dancing and they're dancing the coffin around the villa. It's incredible. And I was like, they have so much joy and love here in this. Wow. Like I tell you, the more I traveled, the more I learned.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It is a strange thing to have incarnated into the United States of America. (laughs) We chose to come here. Exactly. And, um, and it's a wild country because you do see, you travel and you see all these other places where, you know, the culture, the spirituality, like there's such depth that there may be poverty, but there's such richness and community and aliveness and dancing spirit. And then, we're here in this land where we're sort of all still trying to figure it out, who we are, how we honor each other, why we're still hurting each other. Money is king, you know, God is money and, and, you know, the politics are, are wild. And yeah, it's a strange country to, to have come to our, our soul work in, but it, I mean, it makes sense. I think to a small degree, yeah. I don't, I don't know much, but <laughs> <I don't> know. <laughs> Um. Well, so gosh, I could just like talk to you about this forever, but I want to start, you know, wrapping up. And, and on that note, like for someone who may be listening, you know, that's like, can feel your heart and your own journey, which I feel like we could talk about for a long time, because I know that India and, and you know, Dharmasala and Africa mm-hmm. and motherhood and all of these, are in New York City I also work studied at Alnaley yeah and I was at Stella Adler oh so, my gosh How yeah. so I'm like I know I'm like there's so many different <laughs> so many different um some pieces that we could continue to talk in but as I'm saying this I'm like it feels like a life that you've lived so richly and boldly and um, often I hope that for young people nowadays that they have the courage to like take off and travel or, you know, follow their dreams. And for anyone listening in terms of how you had the courage to follow your own path and to take these risks, like is there anything that you would would say to someone who is just like, ah, but I don't even know where to begin with my own path? Yeah, I think
2: dropping in and asking what it is you're up to,
1: like,
2: who am I? What do I want to do? What is my purpose? And if you don't know what your purpose is, how do I find my purpose? And then wait for the answer. Like if you drop in the prayer space a meditation space, and then wait to receive that answer after you deeply and genuinely have asked, you will hear what to do. It's usually about following your passion following the thing that you're interested in and diving into it, whatever way you have to. So I came from, you know, a family that we didn't have a lot of things like we were just, you know, but we were very, very happy. But my mom and dad found a way for me to explore the things that I was loving. I, we, you know, they made sure I had PBS because PBS was my gateway. I saw ballet. I saw theater. I saw painting and reading, and I fell in love with art and all that. And then I had the library. I could go. I could dive in, and there were videos. And then it just kept coming because that which you focus on and put your intention and attention on is what you're going to pull for forward towards you. And I, as I was pulling it towards me, I was walking towards it, and mm-hmm. it just continued to to lead me. And I allowed it to lead me, and I kept mm-hmm. asking and asking and asking. Mm-hmm. And I expected an answer, and I always got it.
1: Hmm. Wow, that's beautiful. I like the the PBS and going to the library. That kind of line of curiosity and inquiry in today's world of technology. I often wonder, like, how I would have. Done, you know, approached my own way where, where those moments of going to the library or like mom taking me into downtown Atlanta to see an art show or a movie or whatever, like Mm -hmm. um, they were so profound. And today with the internet and like, what's it like for your teenagers? Like.
2: Okay. Let's just, okay. Let me just. (laughs) So curious. Today. There is no reason why you cannot be well studied in anything because of YouTube and the internet and things like that. My daughter, my youngest, Bodhi Lala, Bodhi taught herself beauty makeup, taught herself special effects makeup. She's 14 and she's really good. Like she had an interest and I encouraged it. I was like, okay, great. Let's get you some makeup okay, great. Let's get you some special effects things. She was like, I need, I need to make some prosthesis. I'm like, okay, how do we do that? She's like, I need latex and I need this and that. And so I just encouraged it. And she's so good now that people have her do things for them. Like she's really, really good. So I think that nowadays, if you see, if you want to utilize, I mean, it's here, all this stuff is here. It is not going anywhere. So if you want to utilize it in the highest vibrance, the highest frequency, the highest way that you can, then see what your kids are doing on there, see what their interest is, and then help them find their connection to that interest that can be expressed through them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Instead of living voicely through somebody else, let's see what, how we can connect you in there. But yeah. it's, it's my, one of my daughters used to love I think it was Satori, used to love watching those shows where people, you know, like America's Got Talent and American Idol and all those things. And I said, but I don't want you to sit on the couch watching other people live their dreams. I want you to live yours. So what about them is pulling you to the TV? Like, not that you can't watch it, but there's something that's pulling you to it. And then we started her in dance and we started her in theater. We start, and so now she's, she's mm-hmm. really clear about what her path is and what she's doing. And she will still watch those things every now and then, but she's not like constantly obsessed sitting there doing, she's still living her life. She's still doing her mm.
1: thing and yeah.
2: gaining inspiration from them, which is different. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah, it's so important for all of us, all ages. It's like if we're <laughs> super super drawn to looking at some specific social media accounts or whatever mm-hmm. it is, asking that question, why? What mm-hmm. is it here that I'm hungry for mm-hmm. and how can I live that in my own life? And I often I love like a Pinterest and movies and I love visual inspiration as a way to know my own soul so that I can go, oh, like my soul is craving, let's say, looking at a picture of Penelope Cruz. Why? And I'm like, because I haven't been in my sensual yes latin side and i'm just like dying for that you know and i'm like okay i need to feed this part of me that is like caliente that needs to dance and like be in this be like a pouty woman some days or whatever (laughs) you know i've 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 gotten too organized with my emotions or whatever so so there is such there's such wisdom in us not just watching the thing on tv on going on instagram on the tiktok but going why why am i keep going to this one tiktok or this one instagram account or this tv show and like why what in my own soul is saying hello look at me i'm like dying to be expressed you know
2: <laughs> exactly or you or you just love how it makes you feel yeah you know yeah. so if that's the feeling that you're looking for how can you cultivate that
1: exactly you don't have to become it necessarily Mm -hmm. you don't have to go oh it's
0: literal I got to go on America's Got Talent
1: (laughs) you know I got to do my hair like Alexandra Hayes but (laughs) it's like yeah it's like what is that feeling and that it's it's I was thinking about that sitting here with you I'm like the feeling that you offer is this like heart-based feminine I'm like you know, like it's a darshan feeling of yes. like the
2: heart. Yes, I, I mean, I'm I believe in Bhakti Yoga. You know, I yeah. yes, yeah, it is. It's 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 darshan, and every time I'm with someone, it's darshan.
1: Ah, uh, uh, so beautiful. <laughs> for those of you listening who don't know that word, it's a it's a Sanskrit word, and um. Darshan, my interpretation, which is not probably exactly literal, but it's like um, you're being blessed by someone's presence. So I've gone to see Amma, the hugging saint many times since I was 18 and I get a Darshan, a blessing from her of her, her spiritual heart, her presence and her hug. And um, I always joke to my friends that like I don't care what I do or like really what kind of money I make but I want my presence to be a blessing <laughs> in any room in my heart more than anything. I get that. that. I I feel that from you. Well, you know, it's my
2: intention. I want to leave people feeling better. So when I have left the company of someone, I want them to feel loved up, feel great about themselves and about their life and about what they're going to do. That's a conscious intention every single Mm. time.
1: Mm. Well, just to pull one question back into your story, yeah. So it's so that moment where you were on that uh, beautiful land in Vermont, and you were feeling what it sounds like this like oneness with mm-hmm. all. Yes. Um, was it an experience that involved any kind of plant medicine or breath work or chanting, or was it just like this kind of moment where it was like, "Oh my God!" Like I'm seeing this grid of existence
2: so it started off in prayer and in Mm -hmm. meditation and then i asked to feel god and then i had never asked before
1: wow
2: and i asked to feel god and then i asked to feel god's love and that did it and then
1: Mm.
2: and then it was i realized that i had been separate of self and so when I felt the connectedness and then I opened my eyes and saw the interrelatedness with all things, I was like, got it. Thank you. And I was so enormously grateful
1: wow.
2: at, that I just said, I promise not to forget that love. And wow. from then on, I started just really cultivating it and being with it and working with it and and utilizing it and, and strengthening it and then
1: sharing wow. it. Mm. Wow, mm-hmm. that sounds really special to have that experience. I mean, I think a lot of people take psychedelics or you yeah. know, go into to, to to feel that sort of oneness, mm-hmm. and it can also happen spontaneously, and it can also happen in meditation, prayer, mm-hmm. singing at church, yes. at a birth, at Dancing. a death. Definitely mm-hmm. at a birth.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a constant reminder for me as I see, you know these women in this journey, these men in this journey, um, those who identify as women in the journey, those who identify as men in the journey, it is one of the most powerful places of connectedness and deep, deep love that I've ever seen. And just the reminder, I mean, because every time life is coming through is is a promise of hope and love, no matter what way it happened. You know, Mm. it's it's possibility
1: yeah yeah so because you have such a strong kind of like resonance of love what do you do when fear comes in and 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 how do you kind of work with that and yeah i get afraid all the time okay yeah
2: i'm like i like i had it before i came on here I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to say. I'm nervous. What if I say something stupid? And I'm just like, well, then you just say something stupid. So I, I, I amp up the love and I, make it, I yeah. make it more and more and more. And I get very clear that it's not about me. It's, it seems like it's about me, but it's not. It's about love. I mean, whatever attracted us to one another has, not, has nothing to do with these human suits that we're wearing. You mm-hmm. know, so I was like, okay, you're all in your ego, girl. It's just not that deep. Just go on the show and talk to your girl and get over yourself. <laughs> oh. Okay. And so I just love myself through it. Okay, and like and it. I laughed my way through it. I'm like, okay, you are hilarious. Because you know you know you're gonna be fine. Why are you so nervous? I mean, but like the sinking fear is just like in the in my gut, you know, and I was just like, <gasps> and I was like, oh, I'm shallow breathing. Let's breathe. Come on, love, Let's breathe. And so I started yeah. breathing. And then I was like, what are you, what's the biggest thing? What What are you so afraid of? And I was like, well, what if I make a fool of myself? And then I said to myself, well, girl, have you not made a fool of yourself before? And I'm like, yeah, that's true. And then I start laughing and I start having my way through it and even more. I'm like, I love that you still have the nerve to have fear oh. around your purpose. So that's really yeah. cute. And then I just start laughing again. Yeah. And then I'm,
1: Back. And you know. you're back. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's such a beautiful <laughs> process. Thank you for letting us <laughs> into that process. It's you're like so welcome. I feel like we all have areas in life where I kind of think of it as like where fear has a greater access point because it's like just a softer part of ourself or mm-hmm. like I don't like to say weak, I guess, but it's like okay, this area of fear creeps in or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think we all we all have those different places. And there may <laughs> be other places where it's like, no, I'm not scared at all. Right. And, and sometimes like I, I'm for some reason not scared of looking foolish I think I kind of get off on it which is it's creepy <laughs> <and> I <it's> not <online. laughs> I'm kind of like I don't care this is like the rebel in me who's like yeah. I don't care, fuck but then I, I have fear like when I park my car at night and I have to walk because I've been chased and I've been assaulted several times and like that just doesn't go away it's like I've tried and like my friends or my man will be like, you're, you're okay. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like the fear comes in and like the rapid heartbeat yeah. and the shallow breathing. And, you know, I try to, I do the th- same things as you are doing to you, just mm-hmm. in a different context, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm like, I do chanting and breathing and laughing. and yeah. right? I bring and in I, that
2: light too, you yeah, know, especially yeah. if I'm like, I, there's, there's certain things that I, like right now I'm working through um, you know, this fear that I have about my dad transitioning. He's here with me now, but he's 84, you know, it's going to be 85 in May. And so I was like, Oh, I was like, okay. We, you know, so I'm working through that now, but I just bring that love light and I, I surround myself with it and I visualize it and I put it around me. I put it around my dad and I'm, and I just commit to loving strongly now. You know, but I don't have fear around death. You know, I just feel like I'm going back into love void. And okay, cool. I get to merge with God. Yay. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> so for me, that's, you know, that, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. I, I know. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I, my fear of the death place is like the in-between, like the Bardo where apparently things get a little <sighs> crazy. 40 days
2: of so. like. Just trying to work it out. I'm praying <laughs> that I can just go.
1: Beep, beep. Yeah, just pop through. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with with the place that your spiritual heart is at now, and all those babies you keep bringing in, I would not be surprised <laughs> if you just like, uh, I nailed it. Check <laughs> enlightenment, unconditional love. We're good. <laughs> right.
2: It's hard. It's hard to to exercise that the true meaning of unconditional love, because especially as parents, Mm.
1: because
2: most parents don't love unconditionally. But I was like, okay, what's the biggest gift I can give my kids? So I can't get mad at them and stop loving them because they don't do what I say. You know what I mean? That's so ridiculous to me. So once they understood that my love for them was really, truly unconditional, like they, you know, they don't have, they didn't have to get good grades from me. You know, I, what I might, you know, I was like, I'm always going to love you. I might be disappointed because I might've had some dreams, but it's not my life. It's your life. I'm here to just help you out. If you get stuck, but your choices and your decision in this life are yours. And I'm going to love you regardless of how it shows up. And, you know, they did, you know, some of them, some of them believe me, like Bodhi totally believes me. She's like, I know mom, I know. But other, the, the, you know, Jahi and Satori had to see it, you know, and I would not tell them, you know, what to do as they got older. I'm like, what do you think? What do you feel? And then they would say, well, I'm going to do this. And I would say, well, that's an interesting choice. You might want to think that through a little bit more. I don't know, but it's an interesting choice. We'll see how it works. And then they kind of go, ooh, wait a minute. And then they'll think about it. And they might do it anyway, and they might not. But then they always will come to me later and say, thanks, you know, or whatever. you know." So it's, <laughs> it's hard to really be with what unconditional love is. Because yeah. we are conditioned, c- conditional people. Yeah. Especially in our one-on-one relationships, you know. We have, yeah. like, we have expectations, and we have conditions. Mm-hmm. If you're loving me then you're doing this and this and this.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you can't fuck up. You can't go sleep with someone else. Yeah. You can't love someone else more than me. Cause then my love is out the door,
2: <laughs> out the door, you know, you know. but you can yeah. define it and claim it and then make some agreements.
1: Yes, of course. Of and course. Then, yeah. That you yeah. Uh, well, I love to just, to close us with just hearing how people can support you engage with your work more. I'm like, uh, do I smell a book coming? I'm like, hey, <laughs> this is gonna- whenever I, you do a book, it'll be great. Or, you know, I'm storytelling series, it. however, whatever you do,
2: <laughs> I am working on the book. It's just taking so long because I'm, it's not like I'm stopping. Birth- no,
1: you're doing all these other stuff.
2: Yeah. And oh. I'm loving teaching. So exciting. I didn't know I was gonna end up doing it, but I have a nap for it and they're loving it. So I'm excited. And the birth is still happening, but I am working on a book. I'm working on it
1: <laughs> It's gonna be <laughs> great comes. Well how how can people um engage with your work now? Um, you know, I, I don't have a website yet. Mm-hmm. I
2: don't have. A, I know. I know. I'm I gonna love go, it. I'm gonna. Yeah, we'll see if it if it happens. I think my my sister is working on it, and I have to put some attention on it. And I have it. Yeah. So, but Instagram. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. That's usually my main source. I'm on Facebook too, um, but Instagram is my yeah. jam. I've, I have a, a really amazing tribe there, um, mm-hmm. birth and love and spirit tribe. You know. Yeah. And uh, yeah.
1: And so, if people want, if people are having a baby, they can hire you, right? If
2: people are having a baby, (laughs) they can hire me. If people just want a birth coach, they can hire me. And if people want a doula coach for their business, they can hire me. I'm really good at it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, I love that. Yeah, so good to hear that part too. Mm-hmm. So those are your, your main offerings right now: are birth doula and then also doula for someone's business, and then spiritual coaching too, right? I do
2: spiritual coaching. I do okay. blessings, cleansings, things like that. You know, I'm a mm. witch. They don't call me Hazel yeah. for nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that when we're talking back Alabama, Vermont. I'm like, when was the witch born? But then we moved into other stuff. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, awesome. So, yes, yeah, so if you're looking for a birth doula, life coach, spiritual business doula, all of that, check out Hayes. We'll we'll post all her her Instagram links and things. And I think it's kind of badass that you don't have a website. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, I know I know it's probably going to be great for you to have one. And there's something magical about word of mouth and referrals when yeah. you're like so good at what you do that like you're just booked out because people love you, like, that's pretty badass.
2: Thank you. Yeah, it's <laughs> I, am, I am word of mouth only. So that feels really good because then I know that people who are coming to me have an understanding of who I am because I'm not for yeah. everybody. People don't yeah. always want to go deep, and I do. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I hope you too though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know you I know you can. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Hayes Hawk, for being with us today. We hope you all just felt some of this good love. Um, and that your heart got softened and opened a little bit today. Mm -hmm. I had goosebumps like seven times and I teared up twice. So um, I hope you do too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo, and you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events, and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all of that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.